Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's another Tuesday and another opportunity for Saints Radio to be brought before you, whether you are ready for it or not. I have here in the studio, live and vibrant, the great woman of God herself, Monica Terrell. You're smelling rather flowery today. I do, smell flowery? Yes. Do you have some aroma on? No, it's the same. Maybe it's just the spirit. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a dynamic of uh, a visitation. I do have two mics here, so I'm trying to figure out what that's about. Well, I think Mike, uh, Mike three over there is the seasons mic. I think you're on mic two, right? This is two. Yeah. So you should be up and you should be functioning. Um, this is our last Saints Radio of the month of April. It's kind of hard to imagine that these months are just fleeing by. Uh, but we're really happy to be able to reach out to you and we hope that wherever you are, you're enjoying a wonderful blessing from God. Um, it's just uh, a glorious season to be serving our Lord. You know, it seems that every week presents some kind of a new um, worldwide event and it's maybe it's always been that way maybe I just never noticed before <laughs> but the, uh, the the pieces of the eternal timetable are all finding their place with great rapidity Rapidity? Yes. Rapidity. What is rapidity? Very rapid. R oh, rapid. Rapidity. R-A-P-I-D-I-T-Y? Yeah. I rapidity. Think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... You know, I... I I don't really even know how to, you know, you have things in the Bible that, you know, like when Joseph was given the opportunity to interpret the dream, seven years of prosperity, seven years of famine, so start doing this in order to safeguard the nation. Uh, you, you had other types of warnings that came, but for the most part, the Lord just said, okay, you know, you just keep serving me and I'll, I'll give you an alert when it's time for you to move. Um, you know, I heard a report yesterday about how many food processing plants in the United States over the past couple of years 
have either been destroyed by explosions or planes crashing into them or um, some other kind of bizarre catastrophe that eliminated them. They said that there were 17 of those already this year, food processing plants being destroyed here in the U.S. And the effect that that has on our food supply, but also on the people who, who produce things that are then unable to offload them, and subsequently they're they're lost and I thought Lord what what does that mean what what is what does that mean and what should we be doing now the obvious thing is well, we better get down to Sam's and hoard stuff well at some point your hoarding plays out and I mean you may save yourself a year but what are you gonna do at the end of the year and so you know you don't want to be fearful we're not supposed to be that fear not but I think that the best we can glean from this is that these are signs now that you know again that has nothing to do with the supply chain issues I mean I'm sure it contributes in some ways but uh, inflation and the the way that goods and services are imported in and moved about the country that's still somewhat chaotic you can see that in the grocery stores with um, prices that have escalated you know I know I sound like an old man here but for years I would eat a particular kind of cereal in the morning without any milk or anything I'd just snack on it because I thought well you know this is there's no fat in this and it helps your it helps your digestion now someone don't send me any emails I've done this for years well you can't buy that cereal anymore it's just it, you, if you look down at the local Tom Thumb down here it says this is temporary suspended temporarily suspended and there's a lot of those kinds of things that are not available and it's just kind of it's kind of like the the water and the kettle that gradually comes to a boil and the frog doesn't know it can't recognize it mm -hmm. not to say we're frogs but you know we, we really have to believe in the providence of our father that we are mm -hmm. saints that he has promised to take care of us and he does but it just seems like there's one thing after another that is moving into to place to facilitate um, the prophecies of the end time and you can either be apprehensive or you can be be a hoarder of things or you can go live in a cave or you can establish a commune I remember well I shouldn't go there because it really mocks somebody that used to be here <laughs> But there, were, there was a word once that said we, we all needed to pack our bags and move to East Texas because Dallas was going to be destroyed by a massive earthquake. Somebody just maybe on Sunday 
said something to me about the for the food thing about how those places were being destroyed and I honestly I can't remember the context of the conversation and why it was even said to me what the conversation was I don't even remember who said it to me because I had not heard anything about this and they were saying that it was it was it was the enemy's strategy to eventually establish control and, and I'm assuming that's where you're going with this. Yeah. It's just interesting that that was said to me on Sunday, and it must have been just in passing. Maybe you had a conversation with the same person. I don't know. No, but I saw this last night. On so the news? I should have just listened on Sunday. Then I would have known. No, I don't remember what, what the conversation was. That's what's so unique about it. But um, <laughs> Well, it's really bizarre. It's bizarre, too, because I also think about just this morning, I went on Amazon and literally in less than probably 12 seconds, I ordered five products that several were for my dogs for food, for treats and things like that. But, and you know, I'm always, I always marvel at, I always marvel at that and how instantaneously we have things at our disposal in less than, 10 seconds we can order pay for and initiate shipping to have something delivered to our doorstep the very next day it's just a really interesting world that we're living in yeah. and i think that <laughs> we we've just got to you know we talked a little bit on sunday morning about sowing and reaping and and that whole principle really fascinates me because we sow, you know, the Bible says that we sow in the spirit, we reap in the spirit. If we sow in the flesh, we, sow, we reap in the flesh. And we are sowing into the spirit, into his plan, into the fulfillment of his plan. That is our priority. And we will reap. The Bible promises that you sow, you have bread. And we just have to trust that the Lord is going to, like you said, I mean, he is our providence. He is our only supply. And <laughs> it's just getting more and more real. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, the weird thing is that it just seems like every day there's something. Not Not a conspiracy theory, not some kind of a you know, bugaboo that you heard from Aunt, Aunt Nellie and Uncle Joe heard down at the bar. And, you know, these are very real things that are happening. And it seems like it's just every couple of days. I mean, that's a pretty big thing that just like, again, we've talked this enough, but 17 food processing plants this year in the United States destroyed two of them because planes crashed into them. And that's, you, you can look back over the past few years, there are, it was 21, I think, last year that were destroyed. <coughs> um, and then the years before, like 11 and <coughs> 7, I'm just off the cuff remembering these things. 
But 17 so far this year, I mean, that's bizarre. And the ways they're happening, explosions, planes crashing, just unusual, uh, unusual measures that are causing these things. So I think, not to be a, a downer here, <coughs> but my, my point, though, is, is that, first of all, we need to be aware of the times. And I think, secondly, we need to not fear. Because, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is to gather the wagons and say, okay, you know, we need to dig a basement here and start stockpiling. But again, I, wow, you know, do you remember when um, Y2K hit? And then a few years ago, there was a big emphasis in Christianity uh, in the airwaves about Yellowstone, the great volcano, the seismic center of Yellowstone was going to explode and we were not going to have any food left. And, and they would say, you could see these birds flying and buffalo, the buffalo herds are migrating away. And, you know, and, and I think like Jim Baker was selling a survivor kit online, you know, the old PTL guy. <laughs> and they, there were even some Christian ministries that were selling generators. And a lady here at the church suggested that we buy a big generator and some deep freezes for, um, for our church. And, you know, and I thought, this is, how many times do you see that kind of thing? I mean, and how, how do you prepare if you were going to start preparing for that? Because you don't know. You don't know what, if, you know, if you told us 16 months ago that gas would triple in price, that, that all the things, just the things that have happened over the past year, it would have been, if you had been a prophet that was saying all these things, man, oh man, you would have been right up there with one of the great prognosticators of the Old Testament. But thankfully, nobody was saying those things. I mean, I guess you can dig around, try to find some remote babble that, that said something like that. You say, see, 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 they predicted it. But the point is, is that God has given us his word. And he's given us his spirit to guide us. He's, he's really not predicting these things. I mean, it's in the word. You can see it going there. But I think that when God really gives a credible word through intercessors, saints, and it'll be verified in very clear ways, I don't know what that would be, but we need to be ready to act with immediacy. But just responding to even the things that I injected into this conversation today, and overreacting to that is just not really going to do much for you because you can't really predict what the main things are. You know? You, you can't... 
Well, even, I mean, thinking of the last two years, and, and forgive me because I'm not out there. I don't hear every prophetic word that's coming through the circuit line, but who, who actually predicted the pandemic? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have yet to hear or see proof that any prophet or anybody actually i'm sure there's somebody out there and i'm sure somebody may send me a video oh they will there'll be something off the internet of youtube but i don't i i don't have really access to those kinds of things but i keep my ear listening and but i mean who would have ever predicted that you couldn't get toilet paper or paper goods paper towels things like that when you went to the grocery store so quickly i mean that was such a quick response but when you think about that whole pandemic it had nothing to do with that and the deep freeze here in texas yeah i mean that crazy thing i mean what what was that all about what why did god allow that and where was he in it what was he teaching us through it? it had nothing to do with toilet paper shortage and yet you know, I just sometimes well, I see there's a scripture that says don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. No, the thing about it is, is we have to be super careful not to fall into the dialogue of the world. Oh, yeah, because there's always conspiracies. Well, that's just it. And I, I think that the way that we respond to these things is very telling. And, and we have to be so careful not to fall prey to the dialogue and the, the fear and the all the things that the enemy is trying to stir up in the world and with those that are not followers of Christ. I could say Christians, but that's kind of debatable. Yeah. So um, where do we go from here? I think I think a great prophetic insight kind of assignment would be for us to reflect back and and make note of what did God say through that? And I know we've talked about it through a lot of different discussions on this broadcast, and you've talked about it from the pulpit, but what did God really say through that to his saints? And what did we learn through that? And how how were we positioned in the midst of it? And where are we now from it? And because that is the first of many occurrences that we're going to experience in the, in the days ahead, that how we respond is critical mm-hmm. and all I can say is where we are now is I, I just I find myself really pressing in to hear the Lord and to really glean not only not predominantly but in such a such a vital way how he's where we're positioned and um because for to me where we're positioned our formation has everything to do with how we're launched forth to function does that make sense and and i think that this last seminar touched a lot on that even though it wasn't um, you know spoken verbatim but i think that he positioned us in a form you know in in a in a measure of formation that is establishing us for the being launched forth and that's so important Mm -hmm. and you know i i still feel like it's very much alive (laughs) 
In fact, right now I feel I feel such an incredible weightiness of the Lord right now in in my inner being today. Very similar to what I felt during that gathering, like through the whole week. It was just like almost like I, I felt like I was being closed in. And I know what that is. That's the burden of his heart just weighing, you know, being laid and um you know, it makes you feel like you almost can't move. But at the same time I know that it's 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 it it's something that's being established and it, it's a positioning and I this is all just like raw processing from coming out of prayer, but um this is really interesting. Well, it is hard to, to realize it, that it's just been now a month since that seminar happened. It seems like years ago to me. Yeah, but, but the residue of it is still... Oh, yeah. And what did God say? You know, he was talking about how we, we understand God's times, which is, if you, if you just look at that on surface, you see... Um, the times being something that was current, not something that was prognosticating forward. And secondly, understanding whether it is the, um, the sonship or the extension then to partnering with the eyes of God in his ways. And, you know, we saw that the way you really prepare yourself for world events is to be faithful to what God God is asking you to do, to be faithful to his ways, to seek him, and to be sun-like. Um, that's the way you understand the times. There's nothing, there's nothing in that that speaks about Nostradamus-like prognosticating. Now we have the scriptures. We we know what's coming. It's just a question of when is that coming? And you can see the steps leading to that. So there is a weightiness of his glory um, as his plan and as what he's doing is being imparted to those that are serving him in it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even this morning when I was laying in the sanctuary, I, I, you know, I could, you can sense, you, you can sense the moving, you know, you can sense the activity, you can sense, not just in the spirit realm, but just the things that you've talked about from the beginning of this broadcast about the things that are happening in the world and the rapidity of it. I haven't used that uh. word. See there? I have a new word. Um and, and, and if you're not careful, we can get caught up in the movement of it. I mean, we really can. And I, and I could, you know, it's like I can feel this raging tempest that's surrounding us. But at the same time, I feel so um, positioned. I don't even know how to describe it. And, and the Lord spoke to me down there, and he reminded me of the passage that says, if your eye be single... Your, your whole body will be full of light. And 
and that just like it just like shifted me right back into my place and that my my eye has got to be fully focused on him and on his purpose and and he's doing a lot of things i mean he's always moving but yet my eye can stay single on that and as i do that my whole body is full of his light of what is that that's his ways that's I function fully in his ways and I was just asking him just keep me in that place you know keep me single single vision with single vision and don't let me get distracted by everything that's going on around and it's it's just it's really a unique moment it really is (coughs) yeah and you know, you see, you see so many things that if you're, and you just know the wickedness inherent in them, you, you see very clear points of deception that are being spoken and put forward, you know, calling light darkness and calling the truth a lie and and it, you could be prone to anger regarding that. But see, then you're being baited into a discussion you don't need to give yourself to, kind of like when the Scripture talks about Michael contending with the body of Moses with the enemy, and Michael would not bring that, we've studied this many times, that blasphemy of Croesus, back against the enemy he would not be drawn into a a lame argument with darkness even jesus how often did he actually answer the did did he answer the enemy uh, well he did with scripture he countered with scripture and that was in the wilderness that was a three point demonstration of what the Son of God had come to do, and subsequently what we're supposed to do. But so many times, you know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the doctors of the law, they would try to trap him, and they would say things to try to draw him into a debate. And um, the Lord did not go there. He, He would only give, like, parabolic answers or speak the idiocy, speak back into the idiocy of their question and turn them on one another. Um, And I guess why I'm saying that is that it's in conjunction with what you just said. We have to stay so focused on what we're supposed to do because the best way to understand the times is to stay focused on your identity and the ways of God and keep following that single eye because that's the only understanding that's going to carry merit. You're never going to be able to explain what's happening right now. You're never going to be able to argue it. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to get off topic here, but you know what Elon Musk just did with Twitter and uh, it kind of reminds me when Trump beat Clinton and, and all those people were weeping and wailing and crying out, you know, just screaming. 
and you know, you're never going to be able to convince people who have their minds set in a certain way. And um, it's just a polarizing time. So you might as well just save your energy <coughs> and Pray. and keep doing what you're supposed to do because you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to the it's the enemy that wants to change the times according to Daniel he he wants to corrupt things we don't want to change the times we want to align with the times of God that's a key thing so if we waste our time trying to change the times, we're just doing the same nonsense the enemy's doing. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself here because I, it's, it's just, it's so many things just don't make sense now. So many things are just bizarre. And, uh, and, and it, for somebody that tries to be somewhat logical and nuts and bolts things, it's 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 idiocy and and it just drives you it could drive you berserk and and you just have to realize that um this is why when you pray in the spirit your mind is unfruitful we need to keep our mind unfruitful Amen. and only register the things that god's spirit is revealing as we pray his mysteries <laughs> It's it's just nonsense. Yeah, I'm remembering that we're in this fourth month. Wait, it's almost over. Yeah. Well, fourth and fifth. We're going into the fifth on it Sunday. Is also, the fact that he's been right. Mm-hmm. Fourth and fifth. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> we have to continue to celebrate that fact that he's in, in from the inward parts. And make sure that what comes out of us is well. I, I guess I guess the thing is is that there are there are passages of scripture that speak about dealing with times that make no sense. Dealing with people. Can you imagine what Jesus? the Son of God, Son of Man, had to deal with. When he, when he walked this earth, so many things were just ridiculous. But, but yet he kept his focus on the will of the Father. Do you know how many things that God himself could have said to correct idiocy, to inspire uh, justice in a tangible way. I heard this, oh, I almost called him a name, somebody would have been offended. I was driving and I heard this guy that was a spokesman for one of the, one of the Democratic uh, Party's subgroups. And he said that if Jesus were walking the planet today, he would have been the most woke person on <laughs> earth. Oh, talk about blasphemy. I know. I mean, that is, geez. 
But you, we heard that from our progressive friends as they were leaving, that, you know, you, you have to you have to empower and enable all of these causes if you're really a Christian. And here's a newsflash. There's always going to be some, claw, some cause. There's always going to be some new baby crying in the next, in the next uh, philosophical <coughs> nursery. And you can wear yourself out doing those types of things and never accomplish anything. And even the things that are being accomplished are being denigrated now. You know, I was, I was thinking about how that race relations have improved, thank God, since the time when I was a little boy. I, you know, when I was a little boy, when I was the twins' age, there were the Watts riots, people were being assassinated. You know, Kennedy was, both Kennedys were, Martin Luther King was, uh, Malcolm X was, uh, lots of other people, lots of crazy things. It was chaotic. Vietnam War was going on. And I remember running around with a lot of my, the, the friends that I had, a large portion of them were black kids, which is why I know those Motown songs, because I sure didn't hear my dad playing them. And, um, but I remember the little girl that lived next door to us, her grand, she lived with her grandfather, old Mr. Holly. He was a wonderful African-American. Back then he was a black guy. And he would warn us. But he would speak to Candace, but he would warn us about places that we might go around the neighborhood. He'd say, now you stay away from over here. Don't you go over here. Now, I would say the same things to, to my kids. Okay, don't go down here now. But he was saying it from the standpoint of, you know, your skin color is probably not going to be very welcome over there, even if you're with a little white boy. In fact, he said to me once, you know, I'm telling her this, but because you and her are friends, you also are in danger. I didn't know what he was saying. I, I had no idea. But that's the kind of environment I grew up in. I'm not saying that was, oh, poor me, because I, I was safe, thanks be to God. But to see where we are today in just the span of 50 years is amazingly wonderful. But if you hear a society tell it, we're living back in the antebellum days, and it's just terrible. It's horrible. And I think God, I, I guess the reason I'm saying this is that in our society today, people who are fighting for causes will never take <laughs> yes for an answer. There's always something more they want. And, and it's, it's a culture of dissatisfaction and strife. It fuels, it, it, it fuels monetarily to always have some kind of injustice. And it's frustrating to be in the midst of blessing in the greatest nation on earth and to, to see the things that 
are are being manifested now when so much progress has been made yes because there's always something more can be done but it's it's wonderful to see the progress that has been made so my whole point here and i took us off track is that we uh, we as saints need to just stay focused in prayer and not give place to fear and and if there's something that if there's something that we need to do to preserve ourselves or to prepare ourselves that's not going to come from some obscure dark website that's going to come from the saints as they pray hearing from God and it's going to be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses and we'll know it we'll know it and I don't know why I'm why I'm feeling that so strongly here but we can chase red herrings all day long wearing ourselves out wearing everybody else out and I don't know that anybody's doing this right now you you know that I'm not saying this because I'm concerned about something I'm seeing in the network. I, I have no I have no agenda here. In fact, this was not at all, as is always the case, anything that I thought we'd be talking about today. But I do think that God is going to give us warnings, but um you know, like, how did Joseph get a warning for Jesus and Mary? Dream by an angel. Uh, how did, uh, you know, warnings, if God gives us warnings, they're going to come through the, the houses of the saints through prayer. Now, there's always going to be some rogue person. We've had this over the years. I mean, I remember on many trips we've we've taken, there were several times where people gave us warnings not to go. Thus saith the Lord, don't go. And I'm not talking about grandma or grandpa or an aunt who read something somewhere saying, you better not go over there. We've had those too. But just... Point blank, God told me this is going to be met with disaster. Well, Agabus came and told the Apostle Paul, don't go. But we, you know, we've got to have it in the mouth of two or three witnesses, and it's got to be a, it's got to be a, not a consensus, but a verified word that if, if there's going to be some kind of a warning. But I guess what I'm saying is God is, the Issachar knew what Israel ought to do, but they did that from the base of staying faithful as sons, staying faithful as those partnering with the ways of God, bearing the two, the two burdens on their back, Seeing, um, seeing things that are wedged between Tob and Ra. You see, some Christians, when they see Tob and Ra, 
they want to eliminate the raw. And that's not, we're not going to be able to do that. And, but, but remember we studied this over the past, since the seminar even, that, 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 that measure of seeing, that type of seeing, which is what God's eyes do, that ayin is, is the, the council of the 70. It's the council of Issachar. And it, it's in between. It's, it's in between. So not, not compromising, but, but being able to discern. You know, how could you be, what good does it do for God's eyes to be everywhere seeing Tobin Ra? What does that really mean? What is it? That's his ways. I mean, it's... Um, is it... God knows everything, so his eyes don't have to be... I'd, oh, there's some raw over there. I didn't know that was over there. Uh, he already knows the tobe. So what does that mean... To, for the ways of God to be aware of both the purpose and the wickedness. To me, it means keep following the pathway that God has given you and don't become obsessed by the wickedness. It's easy to become obsessed by the, the latest horrific thing that's being done or said or being uncovered I'm guilty of that but but like we said at the beginning every day there's something new and you can just drive yourself nuts just keeping up with all of it and it doesn't serve any purpose right so uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why the Lord directed this program to here. We didn't even do any chit chat. There wasn't any humor. I did read something and I forwarded it. You've already been aware of this, but Babylon B says that uh, Elon Musk. Twitter purchase fails after 138,000 board votes found overnight. Elon Musk's bid to purchase Twitter came up short after 138,000 board votes were found at 2 a.m., a company spokesman confirmed Tuesday. We really thought Musk was going to pull this one out. The yes votes had a strong lead when I went to bed last night but that was before we counted all the mail-in votes that one of our employees found in locker, locker 142 at the bus terminal. <laughs> well, that's just funny. That is just so funny to me. It's just so funny. I wonder, I guess the Babylon Bee's going to be back on Twitter. Probably, since Elon Musk yeah. was, a, was a guest on their broadcast. I mean, Things that have happened. I mean, you think about what's happening 
in Florida with Disney. Yeah. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it is. And, and Where would the United States be without Florida and Texas? <laughs> Seriously. And then what's happening with CNN? Yeah. And now there's Twitter. I mean, who would have thought two years ago, three years ago, when Donald Trump, the President of the United States, was banned from social media. Now, granted, he dug his own grave there. <laughs> yeah. He, but still, freedom of speech. And how could that have even been? I mean, how could that actually be? To ban a sitting president, that's just... It is. It's very dishonoring and very disrespectful. And But then... For this guy, I don't know. It just—I I marvel at, at, at some of the things that are happening. Yeah, and just in the last week, you're right. Yeah. So. I, hopefully, there's some momentum. Yeah. I mean, we know. I mean, we know the box score. We know what's going to happen. Not in detail, but I mean, if you read scripture, you know it's going to probably get worse before it gets better. But. of righteousness that seem to be happening. Yeah, that, that, it, is, it is an amazing thing. That just those things you mentioned hap have happened in the past week. And it's, it's really a phenomenal... It's a phenomenal... I don't even know how to characterize it. Who no, would have thought it? You know, it's difficult, too, because we... Lord brings, I mean, the earth is, I mean, he put mankind on the earth, and he's a relational God, he created us to be relational vertically and horizontally commun in community, and, and I, I know that many of you, just like me, have wondered sometimes why he brings certain people into our lives who maybe have completely different viewpoints or different lifestyles or and, and and sometimes I just marvel and think, Lord, but I usually know when God's brought somebody into my pathway that is is not lead, living a righteous life or doesn't know the Lord or, or whatever. And it's always just curious to see how he, like for instance, I have, an ex, I have next door neighbors and it's a house full of men. And they've been there for 25 years. They may have been there before we even moved in. And, you know, the story of my nephew who was there with Olivia and Noah, and they kicked the soccer ball over the fence and went to the front door, and the guy answered the door, and he was completely dressed like a woman. And Ian called me on the phone. He's like, Angie Monica, we just went next door. In the and he t tells me the whole story, and I was just – I was – first of all, I was – it was kind of funny, just his response, but I was just like – scandalized by the fact of how could this happen well since that time he's now a woman he's done the whole trans whatever the neighbor called. the neighbor but his nephew lives there his name is scott and scott has befriended me in the in in, in the most endearing way and he'll tell me i'm as gay as a goose he doesn't live an active gay lifestyle but he just will i and he but he will come to my house and we'll sit out on the little bench and he'll just regale me with stories of his family and his 
stepmother that's dying and just all of these things and 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 I'm just sitting there thinking Lord why did you bring this man into my life who last week he brought me dinner spaghetti and banana pudding and just the kindness of his heart we've walked the dogs together and I just it's just almost like comical because he knew he knows who I am and he knows what I believe in and yet he still keeps coming I say all that to say it, it in a lot of ways it comes down to one encounter at a time it's like you run into people at the grocery store or when you get a haircut or the different you know experiences that you have and how how are we to be a light in the midst of this repulsive iniquitous life our world that is filled with people that are filled with iniquity and all I can say is he just tells me to love them <laughs> and I know that sounds so simple but love them show my love to them but also wait for the moment where you can speak truth to them and I, you know I've got several people in my life right now that it makes me uncomfortable, but at the same time, I know that I know that God has put them in my life for that very reason. And, you know, it's just one person, it's one heart at a time. It's how are you going to reflect God's light in the midst of this darkness? We're not going to always have a pulpit. We're not going to always be speaking to nations. We may be speaking to our next door neighbor or to the, the checker at the grocery store or most people just need hope and truth and sometimes it's as, as easy as just walking in and, and having the countenance of God's love on you and I know I totally digress from this conversation. Oh that's alright I'm still trying to figure out that gay is a goose comment I, <laughs> He said that's what he said to me last week <laughs> I didn't know geese were gay <laughs> no. I've heard of the gray goose I never I, I drank just, any of it but I, I'm sure that <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Honk if you're gay. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, but it's true. That that is it that yeah, we just need to be the light wherever God leads us. And we need to trust him that he's arranging divine appointments and we need to trust his spirit to guide us away from those appointments that are not of him. Yes. And we need to be sensitive to to hear whatever measures of... I think this is the first time ever that I've ever said anything about the saints and how we get a word of warning on a big scale. Now, God does warn us from time to time don't don't do don't do this um i remember that one time we were in the bread truck in paris and it was ice storm <laughs> and we were trying to make it to to the church where we were ministering that morning and we pulled up to get onto the highway and all of a sudden beside the van there was an angel standing there and he said to me 
don't worry, you're going to make it. There was a, a potential problem up ahead, but that has been resolved, and you're going to make it. I remember we got up on the freeway, and the police had closed the highway off because there had just been an accident, and we were diverted down off the road. And the big question then was, we don't know where we're at now. But that was a war. It was wasn't really. It was more of an assurance because I was concerned. It was icy. I knew we had to go to minister. Um, but we're in this big truck on this with no window. Crazy road, yeah. But an angel assured us. Uh, I remember the time we were in Athens, and that dog just suddenly came and was with us. And we were walking through some really dark areas. It was a group of us. And that dog was right out ahead of us. And he'd stop and he'd bark at things. And and I I don't know. I know you have a proclivity for, for dogs. I love your little dog. But um, I think that was sent to protect us. And then all of a sudden he was gone. He was just gone. Um, I remember the story of my grandfather during the Depression. He went on a Sunday afternoon to pray for somebody that was dying. It was pouring down rain. He went back out into his old truck, and the roads were slick, and he was pouring down rain. And I forget the story of why they needed money, but they were in desperate scenario. Somebody knocked on the window, and it was a man and said, I was told to give this to you, and gave him a, a, a gold coin. And my grandfather looked at it. It was the exact amount they needed to pay the next day. And he said, I should give this guy a ride. It's muddy and raining, and it was going down. That You know, in West Virginia, there's no way up or down on some of those roads except to just stay on the road. And it had to be an angel that did that. So we know that God speaks to us and i i think that there's probably we need to start praying and submitting ourselves to the spirit as to to be be ready to welcome whatever kind of warning god would give and to teach us how to judge those words so that we're not chasing after rabbit trails you know what a strange broadcast this has been. And we're all we're out of time. You get last word other than the fact that No, you get last word. I just had to glance at the calendar. I thought maybe it was for Saturday, but I it's think not. That's what you were thinking. It, you did? Yep. See how prophetic you are? <laughs> I had to check this morning Plus, I didn't want to be out of town on first Saturday, but uh, it worked out well. So you're feeling the weightiness of the glory. This past Sunday, when you were asking the Lord to be leading the people to receive a fresh impartation of or a fresh, a fresh stirring of our intercessory gift, Spirit of the Lord came on. We won't name her one really precious lady here in the church that 
totally out of character for those of you who know her. She was just overwhelmed by the fire of the Lord, and I gave her the go-ahead to just stand down there in the, the altar area during the message. And that was a sign. Yeah, there's something about there's something about his fire that's really prolific in this hour. And I, I was so blessed by that because I know that that was, you know, we talk about the seminar. That was really what was on my heart for the saints during our seminar is that that fire would be stirred within each one of us. And I, I, I read a quote that said, you're going to burn for eternity the choice is is where and I thought that's so good because I mean we all have this fire inside of us that the Lord he baptizes with his fire and that's that should be ever burning within us and I just I just I pray for I pray for God's people that that would continue to be stoked and stirred that we would move in the spirit and function in our placement and in our calling so because you know what that's that's what we're going to be doing for eternity in partnership with the Lord Amen. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to the uh, the end time, the old end time gospel hour. We're uh, we're really thankful that you joined with us. We want you to be encouraged in the midst of all this stuff that surrounds it in the world. The goodness of God is so wonderful, and. Um, <laughs> so who knows what who knows what uh, we'll see during this next week but the one thing we do know for sure is that God is with us and that we have a place before his throne and we need to just remain committed to that calling all right, thus endeth the broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, we will look forward to reaching out tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, and uh, we'll just really look forward to next week for Saints Radio. <laughs>